0: You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLewin.com. Not just for Christmas, is but with us as we enter a new year. Amazing, actually, amazing truth to, to ponder. Well, good morning. We're going to be, this is one of those one-off sermons where we're going to be in a different passage today. I want to invite you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 96 today. Psalm ninety six. Work your way there. Next week, Lord willing, we're gonna be starting new series in the book. We I I I tend to go most normally. I do Old Testament, New Testament, back and forth through the book. So we're gonna come to the New Testament and tackle the book of Romans. So next week we're gonna start on Romans and uh we'll see how long that takes us. I don't know. I don't know what that will be like, but I've got journals. We'll have journals next week. If you're into those journals we did for Judges, we'll have those for Romans next week. And kids, we'll try to replenish your supply of journals for you to, to do pictures as well. But that's next week. And then also, just as Brandon said, our, our Adult Sunday School Gentle and Lowly would invite you, if, you've, if it's been a while since you've been to Sunday School, come join us for that. We're simply reading through the book and discussing it as we go. I think it's going to be really encouraging to our hearts to look at the heart of... Of Christ Himself. So we're looking at ni- Psalm 96. Now, last week I had, did have one picture come in, just one from Malachi. Uh, how fitting, because we were back and forth in Malachi, weren't we? Even last week, I think we were in Malachi 3 and 4. And so Malachi turned this in as we finished uh, Zechariah and his, his benedictus or his benediction last week. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets of old. And we looked at we have been rescued and delivered then to worship and then to go and proclaim, to go, as the song says, and as we sang last week, to go tell it on the mountain and in the valleys and wherever we're at. And I think that just fits in well with where we're going to head this week. So if you're at Psalm 96, thank you, by the way, Malachi, for that. Psalm 96, let's read the whole psalm. You can follow along with me in your scriptures. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. For He comes. For He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in His faithfulness. Let's pray once again. Lord, would You guide our time in and amongst different portions of Your Word today that we would be strengthened by You. Lord, may this not just be a time where we We hear a bit of God's Word, we sing a little bit, and we go home unchanged, unchallenged, and really unworshipping. Lord, may we be in awe of You and Your glory, and may we want to desire to speak of that glory to everyone we meet. Lord, use this time by Your providence, gathering us together to hear from Your Word. Help us, Holy Spirit, to hear from you we pray in Jesus name amen I cannot think of a better way to start a sermon than to quote from one of the great Packer coaches from old Vince Lombardi so what a great way to start right Um, I want to tell you something about Vince Lombardi and just if you're Vikings fans just hang on just come with me hear what he's saying uh one person writes this article, James Clear, he, he writes this. He, he says, in his best-selling book, When Pride Still Matters, A Life of Vince Lombardi, author David Moranis explains what happened when Lombardi walked into training camp in the summer of 1961. You perhaps have heard this story before. He took nothing for granted. He began a tradition of starting from scratch, assuming that the players were blank slates who carried over no knowledge from the year before. He began with the most element, elemental statement of all. Gentlemen, he said, holding a pigskin skin in his right hand, this is a football. Lombardi was coaching a group of three dozen professional athletes who just months prior had come within minutes of winning the biggest prize their sport could offer. And yet he started from the very beginning. Lombardi's methodical coverage of the fundamentals continued throughout training camp. Each player reviewed how to block and tackle. They opened up the playbook and started from page one. His team would become the best in the league at the tasks everyone else took for granted. Six months later, the Green Bay Packers beat the New York Giants 37-0 to win the NFL championship. Bethany Bible, this is a church. Church. And I want to read to you from our Statement of Faith. What about a church? What's a church? It says this, All who place their faith in Jesus Christ are immediately placed by the Holy Spirit into one universal church. The body and bride of Christ, with Christ Himself as the all-supplying, all-sustaining, all-supreme, and all-authoritative Head It is God's will that the universal church find expression in local churches in which believers agree together to hear the Word of God proclaimed, to engage in corporate worship, to practice the ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper, to build each other's faith through ministries of love and fellowship, to hold each other accountable in the obedience of faith through biblical discipline, and to engage in local and world evangelization. Hear these descriptions of a church. The church is a body in which each member should find a suitable ministry for his gifts. It is the household of God in which the Spirit dwells. It is the pillar and bulwark of God's truth in a truth-denying world. And it is a city set on a hill so that men may see the light of its good deeds and give glory to the Father in heaven. This is a church. It's we who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ. We agree together to worship, to build one another up in the faith, and then engage in a world lost in darkness. So today, on this, this is the first Sunday of 2022. Again, it's our, an opportunity to refresh our forgetful minds about what it is we are about as a church if some of this sounds familiar, maybe it doesn't. I preached this a year ago. So I'm just letting you know if you're like, I think he's using something I've heard before. I am. I've changed a few things. So you, but you hear some familiar things in here. I think, I think I'll preach it this year. And I think we'll preach it next year. It's just good for us to remember what are we about. Just as Lombardi takes the football, we say, what are we doing here? What, what is the church about what's our goal and that we would be we would be anchored because we need to be anchored lest the culture or the world or our own flesh say yeah this this is what a church is i think a church is this or that we want to be anchored what's our mission what are we about so we want to use the bible what's our that's our guide our compass how do we think about the mission of the church what are we about as the gathered people of god to truly understand that, we must understand what's God all about. That's really, really important. What's His mission? What's God's purpose? Because we want to be aligned with that purpose in all things. What's His mission? A couple verses. God says this in Isaiah 42.8, "...I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols." Even in our own passages, we read from Psalm 96. Verse 8 says, uh, tells us to ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Or earlier, verses 3-4 through 4 say, declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Romans 11.36 summarizes it. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. God's ultimate purpose is God's glory in everything. His exaltation above anything else. It's not about that our name would be great, that my name would be raised up. It's that we would be decrease as God's glory increases. His honor, the light shining on Him, so to speak. So if God's glory is His ultimate purpose, what's ours? And it's mission number one. Um, Khalees was kind to put in our mission statement in your bulletin, so that's what I'm working off. If you can make notes around that or take your own notes. But there's there's three of them, three missions of our church that are written in our statement of faith, and we're just going to go through those today. And mission number one is exalting the Lord. To give Him glory, you could say. But we are a people. We're a people. How do we exalt the Lord if we're a people that has strayed and, and as Romans tells us, we've fallen short of the glory of God. And yet it's there, there in our sin, where it's God who graciously gives us new life through faith in Jesus. Jesus who died. He was buried and He rose again, never to die again. And so we are called out of darkness. The called ones out of darkness into His marvelous light for a purpose. Peter tells us the purpose in 1 Peter 2.9. He says, what are we called to? To proclaim the excellencies of Him who called. God calls His own for His glory. He doesn't call us to make a name. It's for His glory. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that restores us to bring glory to God. So, our statement of faith... Explains our primary mission. It says it this way. It is the primary mission of the church to bring glory to God consistent with His ultimate purpose for all of the created order. The corporate gathering. It's a big way to say just as we gather together corporately as a people, the corporate gathering of the church is primarily and ultimately the exaltation of God in worship, prayer, and the preaching of His Word. The last part of this statement kind of describes the how. How do we exalt the Lord? And I would propose there's, there's three here that are here. The, uh, we exalt the Lord in worship. I think we worship in prayer, and we worship also in preaching. Let's look at those just singly. Look at them by themselves. We exalt the Lord in worship. Now, one primary, not the only, one primary means of worship involves worship. What we have just done this morning is singing. We have sung. It's one way of worship. Our psalm, Psalm 96, calls us to sing the first two verses Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. And in that singing, what are we doing? Behold the Lamb, the story of redemption written on it. We're telling of his salvation from day to day, we're singing. There is both in our song, there is both a vertical component. We're singing to vertically to worship the Lord. And there's also this horizontal component as we gather. We could all sing in the shower. We could sing and, you know, Mel or whoever, could send out the playlist, here's the songs, just sing on your own and then come to church and say you have sung. But there's something to us singing together. I used the illustration last year, and it happened again this year, so I get to use it all over again. We were running on a, uh, our family's turkey trot, if you will, on the day, Thanksgiving morning. This time it was in Wisconsin, and it was really cold and trying to do a 5K, and my boys just outran me to the end as normal, as happened the year before. And as normal, they came back for their dad after they had finished and they came back, and I'm starting to wheeze and whatever and not sure I can make it to the end. And what do they do? They just come alongside. Come on, Dad. And coach me the whole way to the end, even though I'm about to die feeling like. And they coached me. They probably would have felt bad if I just came. I think Harrison said, I hope I wasn't you know, going to hurt you, Dad. But they got me to the end because they ran with me. That When we sing together, we run together when you don't feel like singing and you hear the person singing next to you, whether you're in tune or not, and they're belting out, behold the Lamb, or salvation is born, whatever it is, we're encouraged to sing together. Hey, there's other people singing this. There's other people worshiping. There's that togetherness. So vertically we worship, horizontally it helps us, encourages us. Like I said worship is more than singing there's other ways we worship and exalt and so we exalt the Lord in God honoring dependent prayer Jesus says in Matthew 21:13 My house house my house shall be called a house of prayer What's that house the church the household of God the dwelling place of God it's to be a place of prayer Matthew 6, 9-13, Jesus explains how to pray. You're familiar with the Lord's Prayer. It goes like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. John MacArthur, in a sermon on Matthew 6, has said this. He says, The centrality of prayer, then, is worship. Prayer is worship. He says, We go to a loving Father, our Father who art in heaven. We go to a loving Father, but that means we accept that He knows best and in obedience respond to Him. So, Prayer, it glorifies God by number one, it acknowledges hallowed be your name. Your name is to be above any other name. It's to be worshipped. Your will be done. Lord, I want your what you have determined, what your will, I want that more than I want my will. That's exaltation. And then two, we glorify God by depending. Give us this day what we need. We're dependent on the Lord. I remain convinced out of any program or outreach or whatever in our church that prayer remains our greatest ministry. And I'm thankful we're not a church built on program after program after program and just busy and busy and busy. But we want to be a church built on prayer, prayer and worship, prayer independence, saying, Lord. We cannot do this gathering. We cannot gather to worship. We can't do this without You. We can't lead this. We can't glorify You without Your work in our lives. We can't reach out. This person will not come to You unless You draw them. So Lord, do the drawing. And so forth. So we depend on the Lord. Perhaps you want to be more, maybe one of your resolutions. I don't know. Be, I want to be more involved in church in 2022, can I just encourage you to pray. What a great place to start is to pray. And I'll just put in my commercial break. Come join us Wednesdays at 6.30. Pray together. Pray on your own. Pray if it doesn't work to come, but pray. And be, let us depend on the Lord and so worship Him. Well, lastly, in our statement of faith, we exalt the Lord by hearing His Word through what we're doing right now through preaching. Paul says this to Timothy. It's going to sound familiar as I get to it, but 2 Timothy 3 says this, and this is Paul speaking to Timothy. He says, "...but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation." through faith in Christ Jesus. then that familiar verse? All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And then Paul, in the very next chapter, just not two sentences, one sentence, whatever it is, he, he urges Timothy, then he urges him, in light of this, preach the word God uses he uses preachers and preaching to communicate the truths of the gospel and to equip the saints I'd encourage you worship the Lord by leaning forward as you hear the word preached not because I or whoever is up here is so engaging or so humorous or so or repel from the ceiling or smoke goes off Worship by leaning forward to hear what God would have to say through His Word. It's it's this. And the preacher, you can pray for me to be faithful to take this and bring it out and say, "Here's what this is." Now go. Let's act according to what God's Word has said. A couple tips if your attention span wanes: a few things. Uh, one, just encourage you. We're going to have the notebooks out next week. Take notes if it helps you to stay focused. Take notes if it helps you to doodle and draw a picture. And you're like, well, the kids are supposed to draw pictures. I'm an adult. If it helps you to draw a picture and follow, draw a picture and be helped that way. Take time, perhaps Saturday night. Maybe many of you do this Saturday night. Prepare for Sunday. I heard somewhere Sunday begins Saturday night. So Saturday night, begin to prepare, Lord. Even praying again, Lord, help me to listen. Help me to hear what You would have to say. Parents with infants, and you've got young ones, and, it's, and they're, they're, they're wiggly, and they're moving around, and they're screaming, and, and you catch one sentence of the sermon. That's okay. Take that sentence. What do I do with that? That's what God has given me today. And take that and, and roll with it. Go with it. May we all have an ear to then hear and obey the preaching of the word and be equipped. May we be like the psalmist. Psalm 119, 162, 162 says, I rejoice at your word. Whether it's Dave reading or Milt reading or when you hear the word of God, that we perk up and we go, that's the word. That's why I want to begin my sermons for m- the majority of the time is to say, let the word speak first. That's primary. And then I'll just speak and we'll come behind it and look at the Word and think on it. The Word is primary. We hear it through preaching. So, number one mission as a church, exalting the Lord, His glory. We gather to worship. We gather on Wednesdays. We gather at other times to pray and then to hear from His Word. That's kind of, you might say, if we're category, it's kind of our vertical mission. And then we want to speak about our horizontal mission. What's our horizontal mission? Our internal mission of building up the body. That's number 2. Our statement of faith says this: "The saints are edified, built up through the means of grace by the instruction of the word, by biblical fellowship, and by the corporate observance of the ordinances." I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4 where we see this laid out before us. Head of the book of Ephesians chapter 4. We're going we're gonna to be in verse 11, I'll read from there to, to verse 16, Ephesians 4. We're in this passage, even in this chapter, Paul is urging the Ephesians, he's saying, walk in a manner that's worthy of the calling. You've been called by grace. Those dead in sin have been made alive. So now, walk in a manner that's worthy of what you've been called to. They've been called by God's grace. They've been called to salvation. And both Gentiles and Jews, they're being built together in this dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And then in Christ, the church is given gifts. And we read about that in verse 11. This giving. What's given? Look at verse 11 then, through 16. And He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers Verse 15 says, Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined, held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The grand purpose of these apostles, prophets, evangelists, the the shepherds, the pastor, the teachers, It's found in verse 12. What's the purpose? To equip the saints. The word equip has this idea, this idea of preparation or training or discipline. And what's the purpose of the equipment? Equipped to do what? What's the purpose? And that's the second part of verse 12. To equip the saints for the work of ministry that is the building up of the body of Christ. So these pastors, shepherds, teachers, elders were given to equip the saints then are built up to minister. So in the sense I'm not, you know, in this sense I'm not the minister. The elders are not the ministers you are. It's to minister to build up. The ministry is to build one another up where not just hey good job, but to build one another up in our head, our Christ, our Savior. And so when each of you is built up, I mean, this passage is just each part working properly makes the body grow. That's for you to be built up, each one of us to be built up in the Lord. You are part of the building up of all of us in Christ. Which, the negative way, when one suffers, we all suffer as well. May we build one another up into Christ, to grow in Christ. Our statement of faith sees various these these means of grace by which we're built up. And the, the word means of grace, it's a theological term, means that God uses various ways to communicate his grace to us. How do we how does God communicate His grace? It's these means of grace, these, these ways. So individually, some means of grace might be you know individually in prayer or being in God's Word, hearing it, or fasting or memorizing Scripture, those, that sort of thing. But there's also these corporate means of grace. They're described three ways in our statement of faith. Number one is the instruction of the Word. We've already talked about the Word, but we're built up through God's Word as our foundation. Whether it's preached from up here or it's taught in a Sunday school class, or you're just one-on-one, you're visiting with somebody, man, I just read this verse this week. May it encourage you, and man, this verse, and there's encouragement in the word, the instruction of the word, that we would build one another up through this word, to be speaking the word into the lives, not just speaking. I mean we need to know, you know it's cold outside in the weather, but what about the Word? It's convicting for all of us to, to be more, more Word-encouraging towards one another. But we're also built up through the second way, this biblical fellowship. Biblical fellowship. I'm pretty sure it's more than just having potlucks. Having a potluck is not necessarily biblical fellowship, though I think it gives us a picture of it. Think of the picture of a potluck. What's it a potluck? We all bring something to the table. Desserts and whatever it is, and you bring it to the table and brought together, you go, what a spread, what a great, what a great meal. And we eat together because we've shared together. And I think that's the idea of fellowship. This to a greater extent, our, it's our partnering together to glorify God as we encourage one another toward Christ. So one of you brings your dish to church. Another brings your dessert or your your gift, and we build one another up. There's that fellowship going on. We're built stronger than we would be apart. That's why it's such a blessing that we're able to, to meet together. We need to be together, and not just here on a Sunday morning, but this is our primary together time, but throughout the week. I left off and number three is the ordinances. To observe the ordinances. Part of that building comes as we observe these ordinances. Now that's a big word. Maybe you hear ordinance. It just means we, we look at public baptism and communion. These are the ordinances we practice together. One is baptism where we baptize those who profess faith in Christ. Which, by the way, just another plug. If you're interested, you've never been baptized, you want to publicly proclaim, I'm in, I am in Christ. I'm believing in Christ. I want to profess Him as my Savior. Let me know. We want to get that started so that you can publicly proclaim His work in your life. But the other, which we're going to observe today, is communion. You even hear in that name, common union. We are unified in, not in just these, there's the symbols of uni- our unity in Christ. So as we see others, as we see others in baptism, we watch them be baptized, we, we think we're built up in our own faith as we say, yeah, I was, I was dead in sin. I've been made alive through Christ. And we're built up together as we observe and we're, we're strengthened. And we strengthen the one being baptized. We come around and say, praise the Lord for, what, for His work in your life. And we're built up as we gather around the table, as we meditate What we'll do today on the Gospel of Jesus Christ that we're built up together in that as well. These are means of grace. And Wayne Grudem says regarding these means of grace within the church, listen to this to just be an encouragement of why we gather together. He says, those who neglect the fellowship of the church willfully cut themselves off from all of these means of grace and thereby cut themselves off From most of the ordinary means that the Holy Spirit uses to bring blessing to His people. (laughs) These means of grace ought to give us great appreciation for the amazing privilege of being members of the body of Christ, the church. They're not flashy things. This is not, it's a spread of some bread and a little cup of juice. There's baptism, there's the word, there's prayer. And yet, to neglect those things is for us to not grow. To be part of that as you are right here this morning to hear the preaching, to pray, to sing, to worship, to gather It's part of our building one another up. We need it. It's not just a nice thing to do. It's necessary for us. So vertically, we exalt the Lord. Internally, we build each other up. Fellowship, partnering that we would grow into the head who is Christ. And then last, out of all that flows outside these doors, or whichever doors you come in, flows out to the lost in a dark world. It's evangelization, making disciples. Our statement reads this. It's the last mission, evangelizing the lost. It says, Jesus Christ has given the church an enduring commission to evangelize the lost with this responsibility extending to every believer. Biblical evangelism must involve both the spoken word and the unspoken testimony of a life transformed by the grace of God in Christ. There's a verse standing as you come in through these doors. There's a verse that would be on your right side of our missionaries in the world. And it comes from what we read today in Psalm 96, the first part of Psalm 96, verse 3, that says, declare uh, His glory among the nations. His marvelous, the rest of it says, His marvelous works among all the peoples. Declare His glory among the nations. It's, kind of, it's a great place as missionaries that we support go out to declare that glory among the nations. But it's not just for them, is it? It's for us to do the same. It doesn't say, yeah, just declare among the nations and those at home, you don't need to do that. It's for it's all of us and the joy of declaring that glory. Starting perhaps in your own neighborhood. Maybe God's calling some of you to go further, to go to the nations, another place. And God might be working on your heart to go do that. And we want to come alongside, say go and tell of this glory to, to a people in many cases who have never heard of it. But more and more, they're around us too that have never heard. I remember a VBS years back speaking, you know, saying to a little child, have you ever heard of Jesus? Never heard of Him. That his glory is to be declared whether we're here Or out there. It's where we go. Maybe you're feeling unmotivated to go do that. Maybe you're feeling guilty. Oh, yeah, I was going to do that last year and I didn't. Let me just encourage you. Maybe just by way of encouragement to run to Christ again and be refreshed in the glory of God in, in Jesus Christ. Hopefully we're refreshed daily as we're in his word or as we get into the book of Romans the great gospel of our savior to be joyful in that to remember what that is because we forget and we find other little satisfactions just that just don't satisfy like our god does we want to declare jesus who is the light of the world to a world in darkness maybe it's a neighbor in darkness or a friend or a coworker May the Lord grant us compassion as as Jesus did for a crowd. In Matthew 9, he said, He saw this crowd was harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then Jesus said, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. May we just pray, "Lord, Lord, give me compassion on those lost in darkness. And then help me to go out as a laborer. And Lord, call other laborers to go out for this harvest. Harvest. You want to be a laborer in 2022? To labor, to declare, not your glory, the glory of God in Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you. I think we've done this before, but challenge you even right now. Can you think of someone in your life? Maybe it's a neighborhood or at work or at school. Wherever it is, someone you see at the post office all the time, you know them, and you know they are lost in darkness. They are not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyone come to mind? I'm looking for one person. Don't say it out loud. Think of one person that would come to mind. Maybe you've got a pen. I just encourage you this year, just write one name down. I've written my name already in my notes. You can write it down even right now. Let me encourage you is to just begin praying for that person, that, that one person. And if you've got 10 or 20, pray for 10 or 20. But start with one. And pray, Lord, would you draw so-and-so, whoever you're thinking about, draw them to you, Lord, to be a disciple. Call them to yourself. And then I just encourage you, just watch for how God orchestrates. You might find yourself suddenly in a conversation and it's time to share the gospel, to declare God's glory. You might just need to just keep praying and look for, sometimes the opportunities are going to look not like what you prayed for. Like they're not, They probably won't just come to your house, find a Bible, sit down and say, please tell me all of what's in here. I would love to know what salvation is. And when you tell me, I will respond wonderfully. It doesn't always <laughs> look like that. Probably rarely. Look for it. I heard one, one story was somebody, somebody had some kids and their kids batted and hit a baseball through the window of the neighbors they had been praying for. And they were like, yes. You know, God is orchestrating through a ball through a window, orchestrating time to talk to your neighbor or whoever it is. Look for how God might be answering that prayer. This is a church, a body of believers who gather together. We gather together to exalt the Lord, glorify Him, to build one another up, encourage one another, And to go out from here to a lost world. The beauty of this mission is you do not need, as I said last year, you don't need a seminary degree. You don't need to know Greek. You don't need to know Hebrew. You do need to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to worship Him and follow Him. And then to just be a willing instrument in His hands. Lord, where would you take me? What would you have me do? How would I encourage somebody I'm around? How can I worship while I'm singing, whether the song is a new song or it's an old, Lord, how do I worship in any way? How do I sing, declare, build up, go out? Lord, use me. May your will be done. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that all of this task, Lord, rather than a list of impossible items, which... It is, and You have provided a way, miraculously calling us to Yourself, imparting to us the Holy Spirit that we might uh, do good works You've already planned for us in advance. Lord, I pray as we would go out from here that we would walk in a manner worthy of the calling. We would exalt You. It would be our joy to glorify you in everything we do, whether we eat or drink, as I think they've read about this morning, Lord, in all things, may your name be glorified. May it be glorified among us, Lord. Would you grow us up as a body? As difficulties come, sicknesses and trials. Lord, strengthen us together into Christ. And then guide us, Lord, to be on mission to proclaim the light of the world who is Jesus Christ to a world of darkness. We pray this in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Bethany Radio, a production of Bethany Bible Church in Leroy, Minnesota.